Hello, and welcome to the Elevate with Elena podcast. I'm your host, Elena, a certified self-love and codependency coach, aka your healing hype girl. And my mission is to help women learn to love and accept themselves fully, unconditionally, and wholeheartedly. First of all, I'm so proud of you for being here and showing up for yourself because that is truly the first step in realizing that you are meant for more and you deserve the absolute most fulfilling and abundant life possible. Second of all, I'm here to provide a space of non-judgment, vulnerability, connection, and trust by serving as a friend, guide, and mentor to help you get where you want to be in all areas of life, which all truly begins with the relationship you have with yourself. In this podcast, we will dive deep into topics like self-love, obviously, codependency, trusting yourself, confidence, relationships, boundaries, self-care practices, and so much more. I'll tell you right now, this isn't going to be some cheesy self-care podcast. We are going to get real, get raw, get honest, but also lean into the lightness and love that is in each and every one of us as we explore and elevate ourselves together. Think of this as a fun, juicy mix of self-awareness, growth, spirituality, and curiosity. So get ready for the ride of your life because your self-love journey is just that. A continuous, wild, emotional, exhilarating ride of your life, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be a part of it. Hello, welcome back to Elevate with Elena. I am so excited to get right into this conversation with my friend Amy Strauss. She is a spiritual coach. She is like the embodiment of embodiment, if that's even a thing. And I cannot wait to dive into some topics that I know she's super passionate about and that I would love to learn more about. And I'm sure you would love to learn more about. So Amy, give us a little introduction of what you're all about. Yeah, I'm Amy. As Elena just said, I'm an intuitive somatic healer is what I tend to go by. I kind of do a lot of different things. I provide intuitive coaching support. I really utilize embodiment and somatic resourcing to help people find regulation in their nervous systems and just really help them come home into their bodies and hearts. And I do that because there's just so much that can come from that. There's like, it's the ultimate expansion when you can find your own embodiment and regulation. Um, because our, I'm really passionate about the nervous system conversation and work because our nervous system state literally informs the way that we perceive the world and the way that we live our life. And so a lot of the work I do is helping people find safety from within so that they can really find their power and use their voice and and attract all the things, the opportunities, the abundance, the love, you know, but it starts from the inner work first and the embodiment and regulation. Absolutely. Thank you so much and for teach, introducing And I teach yourself. yoga. I also do that. <laughs> yeah, these are a lot of things. You're like, you're a Manny Jen, right? I'm totally a Manny Jen. So multi-passionate, multi-faceted yeah. kind of human. I can totally relate. Yeah. You get like 18 ideas every like week and you're like, crap, which one do I decide to do? <laughs> yeah. That's literally the hardest part. It's like, I want to do it all, but what's the right path for me? And then yeah. being able to like do the embodiment work and like tapping into your intuition, I'm sure yeah. helps you. It also helps me. Um, yeah. So if you can get connected to that, it's really beneficial for anyone else out there. If you don't know what we're talking about with Manny Jen, <laughs> it's a human design <laughs> thing. So go yeah. check out um, your human design 
and figure out what you are. But if you are a Manny Gen, you can probably relate. Like intuition is key to being able to figure out which idea to follow because all the things sound good and very imaginative, very creative and all the things. So yeah. Anyways, we're getting on a tangent with that, but I would I love like we're to go on a lot of tangents. We're going to go on a lot of tangents. <laughs> Let's just put it out there into the world. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> like you're starting this podcast. If you're listening, we're going to go on tangents. They're going to be really good tangents, but like I have so many topics I want to talk about with you. So we're just going to do it. We're going to see where it Let's flows. It. So what you were saying about the somatic embodiment and like the trauma healing that you have for the trauma training that you've done. Mm-hmm. Give me some more insight on that. Like, what does it mean to regulate your nervous system? What are things that people can actually do, like tangible things that they can take away? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, there's so many tools and it's, I can definitely share a few. It's hard because like there's no one size fits all. And it really depends on where your nervous system's at and what's going on in your life. And it's just about finding the tool that works well for you, which is why one-on-one work with someone that knows this stuff is so valuable. But the somat, so I've been in a somatic trauma therapy program and it's been so incredible and it's informed so much of my work and the, the insight that I'm here to bring others. It's not stuff I made up. It's like, it's so fascinating to me because it's literally like, we're all wired the same, like our nervous systems, are so primal and like archaic in the sense that we're all just designed to survive in any way that we can. And so it's interesting because we're also humans with like a limbic system and like an emotional response to everything and emotions, as we know, are really complex and layered. And so as we grow up, you know, in whatever situations we grow up in, a lot like we're the generation that's here to like pretty much heal the trauma right like I think we've all pretty much figured that was in person which is why we're here having this conversation <laughs> healing right? the generational curses yeah. the generational wounds all the things totally so a lot of us are like okay what happened to me in childhood and like how has that affected me and I'm already like going on so many tangents but our nervous system is um goes into either a fight response, a flight response, which is the sympathetic nervous system, which is where a lot of us are. But then there's also a shutdown response, which is dorsal vagal. And that looks like, Mm -hmm. so fight looks like obviously you're really pissed off and like anger Mm -hmm. and rage and like flipping someone off on the freeway, right? Like that's your fight response. (laughs) Your flight response is the tendency to run and avoid and just like, I got to get out of here. Like this is- Procrastinate. Yeah, it could be um, for sure. There's like so that's so layered too in so many ways. But right. and then the dorsal vagal looks more like apathy, depression, like can't really take action. It's almost like a freeze, mm. but it's more so just like you're stuck. You're kind of like stuck mm. in this really um, just like life is very dull mode. Like nothing mm. seems enticing or appetizing. like indifferent. Yeah, but like indifferent kind of to me feels like. Eh, I'm indifferent versus like, uh, like more depressed in a a, a way. Yeah, totally. So it's really interesting because a lot of the times we're in this really like anxious state I find in society and, you know, I live in LA, so like everyone's in sympathetic over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But when we're dealing with like a lot of anxiety, I mean, like all of that informs the way that we see the world and the way that we show up in relationship, the way that we show up for our job or our career or our path or whatever. So 
I like can't even remember the first question you asked me, but basically our nervous system for me, like the nervous system work and learning how to find my own yeah. regulation was absolutely key in my healing. So now I remember your question. <laughs> there it is. I was just waiting tips. for you to get there. I knew you get it. <laughs> Sorry guys. My energy is like quite frenetic today. Um, okay. So things that we can do to regulate. So oftentimes when I work with clients, like I do work with clients that deal with a lot of anxiety and, or like a really big trigger. I really work with people dealing with like a lot of um, intense triggers in relationships, which Mm -hmm. I think is pretty much common because that's why we're here. We like get wounded in relationship, then we heal in relationship and there's just so much complexity there. But one good resourcing tool to help just build your own capacity and strengthen your own nervous system is called pendulation. Um, Have you heard of it? No, I have no idea. Actually, I take that back. I think I've seen like one reel on it and it kind of enticed me. So I seized it, but I haven't gone back to it. So enlighten us. It's interesting. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's interesting because like the resources for strengthening your nervous system capacity are like pretty simple tools and they're Mm -hmm. so simple that that's why people don't really do them. And so when you're in like a really intense charge situation or trigger, if you can like step away from it, I don't know if you would be like, fully in it or if you're just like in your room but if you're feeling a really intense trigger pendulation basically looks like moving in and out they also call it dual awareness Mm -hmm. moving in and out of um something that feels really safe and comfortable versus something versus like the trigger something that feels really uncomfortable or unsafe and that's really like a generalization of how to do that practice but say I just got in a really huge fight with my partner or a friend or whoever. And it brought up like a lot of intense emotions and I can like physically, like somatically feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. Like my chest is getting tight. My stomach's like getting tight. Like everything is, my heart rate is like speeding up. And what I would do is I would allow myself to just like close my eyes and be with that for a moment. Cause that obviously feels very uncomfortable and be with whatever emotions are coming up. And then what I personally like to do, because if you're really triggered, it can be hard to come out of it and just like even find something that feels safe. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people will be like, oh, what feels safe? Like holding your dog, then come to that and go in and out. But if you're really triggered, that can be hard. So what I would like to do is be in that feeling for a moment, the discomfort, and then open my eyes and then just start to like look around the room. So this is called external resourcing. You might like look at your hand and just like really notice like all the details of your hand, maybe noticing that's in an adult hand because oftentimes when we go into these triggered responses it's bringing forward a younger part of us like an inner child part that like got wounded or whatever is coming up in past relationship and so then you'll just like come to really catch the details of whatever is surrounding you so that you're bringing yourself really deeply into the present moment and again it can be hard to do that when we're feeling triggered but just like really looking at like the colors maybe trying to see the room like through fresh eyes like you've never seen it before and then you would come back to the trigger and the like uncomfortable feeling and so you would just spend a few moments in each place and what that's doing is that's bringing resources to that emotional trigger so every time you do that you're starting to build a capacity in your nervous system that really helps you move through these situations that were once very triggering in a way that Mm -hmm. they don't carry as much weight or charge. Wow. That's powerful. 
it's a good one and it again it's simple but like yeah but a lot of these things are simple a lot of the things that you can use in like your own healing journey are simple I think people think it needs to be super complex but like if you can come back to things especially when you're in a heightened state like that an emotional state yeah you can't really think of complex things when you're in that like mindset so you have to like come back to simple things like breathing techniques are another great a great way to like re-regulate your nervous system and I know you talked about that too yeah what I like to do is like also like pressing your feet really firmly into the ground Mm. or can you land your back and press your feet into the wall because when you can start to feel your pelvic floor that like automatically drops you down into your own safety and body and so you can even like kind of like stomp on the ground slowly and as you do that focus on the breath coming really deep into the body too But I think it's hard for people because when you are in that like really heightened state that we just were talking about, Mm -hmm. it's like you have to find that moment where you can interrupt it and be like, it's like the conscious awareness in that moment where you're like, okay, I know how I'm feeling and I want to feel differently. And I think that we get really like, you know, kind of addicted to our suffering or in being in Mm -hmm. that place because it's safe to be in the trigger. Feels normal. Totally. Mm -hmm. It feels normal. So like if you're if you've been living super fast and in sympathetic your whole life, it can be feel really like unsafe to come into regulation. Cause you're like, but I've been here forever. Like, this is what I know. Mm-hmm. Totally. Is always, There's always going to be like a little bit of like a, a transitionary period between if you are in like a super anxious state a lot of the time and then learning how to actually be in a calm grounded state it does yeah. not come naturally. <laughs> like you were just saying, yeah. like you need to yeah. give yourself that grace. Like you're gonna probably go back to that anxious state quite a few times and you probably always will for the, your whole life. But if you can learn these cool. little simple mm-hmm. tricks to get yourself into that grounded state and work through that transition transition of like figuring out your nervous system and regulating it again, it's going to yeah. be super beneficial for people. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're always moving in and out of regulation, dysregulation, like even just all throughout the day. Because sympathetic's not bad. Like you're going to be wanting to, you know, go when you're working out. But like, well, it's necessary sometimes. Like you said, it's primal. Like we used to need to be able to like run away from like Mm -hmm. a lion back in the day. So like that's where that comes to, right? Like that's that's your sympathetic nervous system, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you just said, because it it reminded me to say this too, like, and that's the beauty of our systems that Mm -hmm. they're so intelligently designed to keep us safe and here on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we fight ourselves. We like split into all these different parts where we're like judging ourselves for feeling this way or shaming ourselves for doing things that way, or like I think I read this on Instagram. I want to say it was from maybe the holistic psychologist, but I can't fully remember. So mm-hmm. oopsies, sorry. But <laughs> but it was like, forgive yourself for what you did when you were in survival mode. I'm pretty sure it was the holistic mm. psychologist. And it's that's literally the, the basis of somatic trauma too, somatic therapy, because it's like, how can we bathe ourselves with so much compassion for mm. yep. simply just like, like we, there were times in our lives where we had to be like mm-hmm. in that state or disassociated. Like so many people, you know, get hard on themselves for being dissociated. And they're like, even my work, it's easy to say, like, come into the body and people are like really dissociated from the yeah. body. Like, I don't know how. And it's like, I don't do the work I do to like 
shame people for being disassociated. I do it to like bring resources to them. Right. But it's, it's interesting because that disassociation like really served you at one point and still is for whatever reason. That's a very good point to make. It is like a protection thing. Like you are protecting yourself or you have protected yourself in the past by disassociating or using other coping mechanisms. I mean, there's so many different things that we can do to protect ourselves. Um, But yeah, it's like relearning those things and learning better ways to regulate the nervous system. So you feel more connected in your body and in your intuition, because that actually feels really good and disassociating, feeling detached, all those other things don't feel as good. I don't feel like that's a fulfilling way to live your life. Quite honestly. I mean, totally. Cause you're like numb. Right. So yeah, yeah, you can be checking out from feeling pain, but you're also checking out from feeling like deep gratitude and joy and mm-hmm. connection because con- connection comes from being in the body, but we, we disassociate because yes. it's been a very unsafe experience to be in the body, you know, in the past for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I've been there, I've totally been there. You know, I used to have an eating disorder, which was so disconnected from my body. It was like insane. Yeah. Let's get into it a little bit more if you're open to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, curious totally like how Yeah, I'm curious like how you shifted <clears throat> your mindset or got out of the eating disorder. Like what did that healing process look like for you? Yeah, well you'll love it because I think it, I always say I think yoga was like the the one thing that was keeping me really I'm like you'll love it because you're a yoga teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> yoga was like So yeah, I was really avoiding feeling a lot of pain and just needing to numb myself from a lot of past experiences Mm -hmm. um, from basically like high school on. I mean, I would say I was numbing myself in high school in other ways, but just like partying and not being home and all these things. And then (laughs) once I, yeah, once I got to probably around 18 is when like the eating disorder started to like build a foundation it wasn't full-blown and then from 19 to 21 it was pretty full-blown I had bulimia Mm. and I was so checked out and I started yoga around that time too and I think I think I started yoga I took my first class when I was 19 and I really liked it and it's funny because from the very first class I took I was like I think I probably would want to get certified in this someday like I just had that thought and I didn't really like attach to it it's just something I thought about yeah but I was so I'll say like a brief trigger warning just if anyone's struggling with any kind of eating disorder um just to paint a picture like I would literally go to the gym most days of the week but I would go like run five miles on the treadmill but then I would take yoga after and so there it was just like the little Mm, thread yeah that was like a consistent in my life because if you do yoga like three or four times a week you're bound to be like somewhat self-aware right so because as you know, I mean, a lot of people come to yoga for the physical practice and then they quickly realize like, oh, this is really healthy. Yeah. And I actually came to it for, for depression and anxiety. I wasn't coming Mm. to it for physicality. I was really anxious, um, for obviously a lot of reasons. And so, yeah, yoga, I didn't know at the time, but yoga really was like the one thing that was helping me hear the inner voice, even though like all the criticism and all the things were so much louder, Mm -hmm. there was still that little voice within that I heard. And it was the thing that drove me to finally be like, okay, you like have a problem. Like, cause I would try to 
really like get better on my own mm-hmm. and you know all that stuff thrives in secrecy yeah so it was so shameful and I didn't want to tell anyone and I tried so many times to get better on my own and then I finally was like I literally can't do this on my own and I think that was the th- like that was the thing I needed to realize mm-hmm. to really heal because I had tried to do everything on my own like my whole life yeah it was like the mask that I wore like I don't need help I'm strong I got this like and so when you wear that mask, people are like, oh, they got it. They don't, she doesn't need help, right. you know, which is what, how my parents like thought of me. So yeah, I ended up like telling one best friend and then I ended up bringing my family into therapy mm-hmm. and told them. And so that created like a really beautiful healing moment where they actually got to like be there for me. Yeah. And then from there, it was like a really hard recovery. I mean, it was a couple years mm-hmm. at least of, yeah, I guess I was probably recovering like 21 22 to like 24 and I would probably say I don't know 24 to 25 is when I really fully like recovered and now I'm like so past that and it's not even a thought in my mind it's just like a past version of self but yeah it's interesting right because I shut myself off from my greatest gift which was connecting to my body Mm -hmm. but that's not that's how you can speak to it so well now though because you've been there totally yeah and I think it's so I think it's interesting how we do that. Like that's our power and we shut ourselves off mm-hmm. from our power because we're so afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Or disconnected from it. Not even yeah. aware that we have that power yeah. within us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be both for sure. Mm-hmm. First of all, thank you so much for sharing and getting into that because of course I know that's like not an easy thing to discuss and I appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty in your experience with that. And I know other people out there are really going to benefit from hearing your words and your story through that journey. So I really appreciate that. There's so many things I can take away from that, that I want to, to get into, but let's start with, first of all, you said like the point that you got to was like figuring out that you needed to ask for help. And I just feel like that's such a common theme in our society. People don't want to ask for help, especially people that like tend to be people pleasers or feel like they're a burden because they're asking for help. But usually those are the people that need it the most and don't know how to ask. Yeah. I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm an Aries. Wait, what's your zodiac sign? (laughs) I'm an Aquarius, but my rising sign is Aries. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's your moon. I'm really into my moon. <laughs> okay. You honestly might need to like tell me more about this stuff because I'm like uh, just yeah, starting to get yeah. into it. My moon okay, is oh gosh. Well, we'll we can talk about it later. I gotta look I'll, it up. I'll look at your chart. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm an Aries sun, Taurus moon, cancer rising. Okay. So I think the Taurus moon and cancer rising are really, really felt, but I still have that fiery Aries. Mm-hmm. And as you know, when you're Aries rising, it's kind of like you feel the fear and you do it anyways. It's like really a courageous totally. energy. Yeah. And so I I don't want to say like I'm biased in that regard because like I will just like do things even if I'm afraid yeah. of them most of the time. But um, to ask for help, you just, oh, man, I, I'm trying to bring myself back into that time. I think you just have to get to a point where you really realize I can't do this on my own. And we're not meant mm-hmm. to. That's the thing. Like we're not meant to. And so I guess to the persons that that would be struggling with that, I would say like, 
we're literally here to be connected with other humans. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. about primal us being primal. If you like, if you were living back in the day, caveman days, like, and you didn't have your tribe or you didn't have your people, like you would probably die because you can't, you couldn't survive this world alone. Like we're here to be with each other. We're here to procreate. We're here to connect. And when we're, you know, infants, like we literally need our mother to survive. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, again, we will die. Yeah. So I think just like remembering that, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think that people who have a really hard time asking for help, it's because that they didn't actually get the help that they once needed, however long ago, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when they were younger, or, you know, if you want to talk about past lives, you could, mm-hmm. then not, I'm not gonna talk about that right now. But <laughs> Maybe later, I'll get into it. <laughs> I don't really do a lot of that work I'm into it but I don't personally I do a lot of this like physical childhood earthly world work that makes sense Um, I think that's what I'm here that's the medicine I'm I'm meant to bring here but yeah it, it stems from like you I see this a lot with clients and in energy healings and stuff like people being their their throat being so constricted yes. because it's like I'm doing so Reiki afraid. right now too and I notice that's like such a common theme yeah we'll talk about it but the throat totally. so constricted so blocked so yeah the throat the channel from the heart to the throat mm-hmm. like and it's always like I would say always but it's often this like paralyzing fear of like if I say what I'm gonna like what I need it is not going to be met. It's like this program that's mm-hmm. running. Yeah. And so it's reminding yourself, this is what I always like to say with clients too, just giving like a really tangible thing. Cause I think people love like a tangible tip yes. to take away with or to walk away with. So I always say like, what, who is one person in your life that you feel really, really, really safe with? And I, I find people usually can find one person, you know, mm-hmm. like even if you feel a little alone or isolated, there's usually someone that would be receptive to you coming to them. Mm -hmm. So I always like to say, just start with that one person and start to open up and use a voice. Cause that's actually what I did when I had my eating Mm -hmm. disorder. I, my best friend, Natasha, love you, Natasha. I'm gonna send you this podcast so you can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) She's still my best friend to this day. I, she was the first person I told because I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I needed help. And she was someone I felt so safe with and so comfortable with. And so I think that if you have something on your heart or you're carrying this big weight or you are like deathly afraid of asking for help, but you feel so stuck in whatever you're going through that you just know you can't do it alone anymore, just turn to that one person. And I think that when we turn to one person and we just do it one time, like we use our voice one time, Mm -hmm. it starts to build our capacity to strengthen our like, oh my, I can't find the word, but just to strengthen that muscle, you know, Mm -hmm. of being able to use your voice of being able to ask for help of being able to and then you get to see that your needs get met it's not as scary as you thought mm-hmm. you're still alive you're still here you're still breathing and then you you get to just do it again from there you know mm-hmm. I think that goes with anything too Absolutely. I'm sure you can probably relate to that like even showing up on social media vulnerably for the first time you like do it and then you're like oh my god okay I'm here it's okay it's all good and <laughs> it gets easier it does like with everything the more that you do it the more it comes naturally <laughs> the more it feels easier so yeah. I completely agree yeah. and vulnerability is like a big one that people yeah. probably need to work through and be able to yeah. you know ask for help or show up in ways and it's different for everyone though like you don't need to be the person who's like out on social media sharing your story like being vulnerable oh, yeah. is 
so Mm -hmm. many different things. It's leaning on people in your own life. Um, It can be very public too, if you want it to be, but you just have to figure out how you want to connect with people. That's what vulnerability Mm -hmm. is. It's like being open to connect with people and let people in to see the real you. And it's so important to, like you said, our like innate thing for being humans is to connect with people, to bond, to have those people to support us so that we can survive and we can enjoy our lives together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I love that because I think that there's to this thing on social media where like sometimes people are just like vulnerable all the time. And I'm like, not that I'm judging, but I I question like, is this, is this true vulnerability or is this just like an addiction to like, I don't know, oversharing? Oh my gosh. I was just listening to something about this today and I had like similar thoughts. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well, because that's true. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I think the energy is always felt. I'm not here to judge someone's experience, but I just like what you said, because like it's it's easy to think like in today's age that we should all be doing the social media thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Totally. And you and I do you and I do do the social media thing, you know? but it's <laughs> it's interesting. You still have to embody that energy in your daily life too. like your 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 public life and your intimate life like needs to be congruent. And that's that's embodiment, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, you need to be in alignment in all areas of your life and showing that authentic self in any way Mm -hmm. that feels the most natural to you, the most true to who you are. I completely agree with that. Yeah, totally. So this is a self-love podcast. So we got to get into self-love just a a Mm -hmm. little bit. And then I want to get into like the woo-woo stuff. This is all interconnected, of course, too. But yeah, I'm curious what you would say to what self-love means to you personally. Mm -hmm. I think to me personally, it means loving all parts of yourself. You know, it's like the ability to be with your experience rather than against your experience. Mm. And that a lot in my yoga classes, because I think it's again, like how we split into different parts that all are fighting each other, but it's like bringing all those parts together so that they're all friends and that they're all Mm -hmm. in communication. Even if they disagree, Mm -hmm. they're still all you know, they're still all willing to be with each other. And I think self-love is just such a deep acceptance and honoring of who you really truly are, like at your core. Mm-hmm. I think that starts with getting to know yourself. It's interesting. I think the self-love is such an interesting conversation because I don't talk about it that much because I'm like, duh, love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like everyone's like, duh, but like, I think it's the part, the part that's missing a lot of the time, even just like from going through my own experience of working on my relationship with myself was, yeah, it's pretty easy to learn to love the things that are like really good about yourself, like the strengths, Mm -hmm. but it's way more challenging and way more vulnerable to love or learn to love the things that are considered weaknesses or your shadows or past experiences, shame, guilt, just honoring those things and just acknowledging the fact that they are part of you and they make up who you are today and not, not holding that against yourself or judging yourself or not being able to forgive yourself. Like that is never going to get you to the place that you want Mm -hmm. to be with your own self-love and your relationship with yourself. It's just going to hold you back and 
that's, that is like the true self-love like switch, I believe. Like, yes, it's easier to like learn to love yourself. And that was the first step I needed personally, because I didn't even like, like who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of like self-worth that I needed to work through and therapy and things like that. But then it was like in the last couple of years, it's been like, okay, probably even like the last like year and a half, I've really been focusing on the things that, you know, are more of my shadows, my past experiences, and just being like, hey, that's what makes me who I am today. And feeling that Mm -hmm. though, yes, like intellectually, I can be like, that makes me who I am, but I actually feel that way. And I believe it to be true. Yeah. Oh my God. So much is coming up for me when you're saying that. I'm like, where do I go with this? There's (laughs) just so much coming up in my head. I, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. And I think that for some reason, the word ego was coming up. Totally. Same. Listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listening and ego where it's just like, if you can just take a step, because I I was, you know what it was? I was thinking about the things about myself that I don't love. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Like prompting this conversation. Where is that coming from? Your ego, right? Yeah. Like if I think about myself in certain conflicts or which, which doesn't happen often, but, um, certain conflicts where you like, and this is such an Aries energy where you want to just like react and say something it's been such, and I love the work I do because it's been such a teacher to just sit back and listen to someone Mm -hmm. rather than saying what you think. And I'm saying this, I'm sharing this because I think it's important that we do that with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and like just deep listening and honoring. And I think that we, we cannot like the parts of ourselves because of what our ego, like <laughs> when our ego gets into overdrive, those are shadows, right? Mm-hmm. The reactiveness or the, I don't know, avoidance or whatever you're dealing with, totally. whatever, whatever problems you're working with in this life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need to be able to hold space for yourself. We always talk about holding space for yeah. other people, but you have to hold space for yourself as well. And your example yeah. just brought another example to my mind of doing this mm-hmm. podcast and being on other people's podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I've noticed myself, it's been a really big teacher already and I've literally just started it. And um, I can't wait to talk about this. Right. I want to start a podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can definitely dive more into it. But yeah. I think it it's a big teacher for me because I, the ego is something I'm really focusing on working on, especially this year. And, um, I get into my ego about my own podcast Mm -hmm. and I I'll listen to like episodes like multiple times because I'm editing and I'm doing things like that. And I can notice when I'm like editing or doing things out of a space of ego versus a space of like acceptance and like my more feminine energy and more embodied Mm -hmm. energy, because I like what I'm saying more. I like feel more like, Mm -hmm. you know, confident. I feel more just self-assured and like grounded and what the conversation is that I'm listening to versus like when I, I know I can, I'm like in a heightened state and I'm more in like my ego. I start to be more critical of myself. I start to like pick apart like little things. Yeah. So just doing this has been like a really big teacher of my ego. And God, I love that. Right. I think it's something that people can learn from too. Like your ego is there to teach you. It's again, not there to like be something like, oh my gosh, like how can I get away from my ego? How can I hide the ego? It's not that it's like accepting the things that the ego is showing you and telling you about yourself. So you can work through that and figure out ways that feel better in your body and feel more true to you 
and you can stop being so critical of yourself because you're having that awareness around it and what things trigger you. Yeah, totally. I am hearing like perfectionism so much too through this conversation mm-hmm. because when, when, especially whenever we like do something publicly, like yes. we open ourselves to up to like judgment mm-hmm. and criticism and and like, hello, we're human. Like we all have judgment, but yeah, you know, the more that we judge others, it just means that that's how much we're judging ourselves. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, I think that, I mean, it's easy. Like I could literally be like, wow, I started this podcast, like really heightened and frenetic. And now I'm like a little more dropped in and I could easily get in my head about that and be like, oh God, like, was I too much or was it? I no. think it's so easy to get that way it as totally a space is. holder, you know? Mm-hmm. And like as a yoga teacher where you're like holding space for others, like, oh my God, did they like that? Did like, and we're just saying this, you guys, because we're so human with you. <laughs> yeah, literally. I want like people to know, yeah, we do all this work and we are like connected in like our bodies yeah. and our intuition, but like you're always <laughs> going to struggle with it. I still struggle with it yeah. with like my own like fitness classes that I coach and like being like, oh my gosh, like I have like only a couple of people that attended class. Like, does that make me a bad coach? And I've gotten yeah. better, like with every class I teach, I'm like better and better yeah. with like the ego and like checking the ego, but it, it will always be there because we are human. You can't turn off yeah. your human experience. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful way to even like round out the self-love conversation is just like remembering that we are human, like mm-hmm. we're human and that means like we're here to be messy and really like we're just here yeah. to learn and grow and evolve from that right and feel. So it's like, yeah mm-hmm. so it's not about being perfect and that means like you're lovable now that means being messy and knowing you're so lovable anyways absolutely Wow. I Ooh. love this conversation. Ooh, I know, this a so deep good. one. So deep, but so good. Like, and now I'm going to take a sip of my cacao. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a topic I wanted to get into. Look at that segue. I didn't even have to line it up. Let's talk about <laughs> cacao. What is this all yeah. about? I, I need to know more because I know like basically nothing about it. So <laughs> tell me okay, the details. You know what? <laughs> I love mama cacao. It's plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to develop a deeper relationship with her and like her medicine, but I do drink it very often. Okay. So we know cacao is like cacao powder, chocolate, all that stuff. But when it's processed and manufactured in that form, it loses its essence and benefits. And technically cacao is a plant medicine. It's not hallucinogenic. It's not like ayahuasca. It's not like psilocybin mushrooms or anything like that, but it has... Um, a lot of effects on opening the heart Mm. it also has like tons of vitamins and minerals in it I can't name them all for you right now because I don't fully remember but (laughs) it kind of like gives you what you need too and you set into you can buy it you know like anywhere it's accessible it's not like some hidden thing you just look up ceremonial cacao online and there's plenty of places that sell it it comes in like block form some people sell it in like a powder form that I think isn't super processed or anything Mm -hmm. um and you would like chop it up, put it in a cup. You can add some spices like cinnamon. I put a little dash of cayenne pepper in there for mm. a little, just a little bit because um, it helps it get to the blood faster. And add some honey and some plant-based milk if you want. Make it a little yummy spiritual cup of hot chocolate. Mm, I love it. <laughs> um, but personally, and then you set an intention. That's the most important part. Oh, you always set an okay. intention. I always like say gratitude for cacao's medicine and whoever I like to honor like the 
people like the indigenous people that went into like making the product too because they do that in the farms over and wherever you get it from Mm -hmm. and then I'll set an intention and I just feel like it's really grounding it's really uh, heart opening it's like effects can be subtle it depends on which like where you get it from some you can feel this effects more strongly than others but I just find it always gives you what you need Hmm. and some days I feel it more than others but I think it's been a really um incredible teacher for me and just really beneficial in helping me live from my heart more which I really feel is part of my life's purpose is to just really be in my heart and live a heart-centered life and Mm, to just like me too have others even just feel that resonance Mm -hmm. you know because I think that you don't even have to say anything people just feel it yeah absolutely they can feel the energy do you feel or do you think cacao is really tied to the heart chakra then is that kind of the purpose Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've like made it before for clients before we've done, like if I do an in-person session, energy healing, um, I call them body guidance sessions, but it's like a mix of energy healing and some other somatic stuff, but people like really drop in and like Mm. feel themselves more in the session when they have cacao before. Is it considered an adaptogen then in that way? I, I, I want to say, yeah, but I don't know like for sure. Cause it's a plant medicine. So I don't know if it, they would call it like an adaptogen, but I mean, like, it's interesting because sometimes people are like, what, like think it's funny or like, what's that? But I'm like, if there are other herbs that like help your respiratory system or like really? do this or that, like, why is this that different? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I feel like it's not um, as well known. Like I didn't totally. even know like what the benefits were of it. And I feel like I, I know, oh, a good amount about herbal medicine, I feel like compared to other people. And uh you would like it. Yeah, I really want to try it now. I'm so intrigued. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna be going it. to Amazon now and purchasing <laughs> ceremonial <laughs> cacao after I'll, we get off. I'll send you some brands that I like. Okay, perfect. The good brands. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Well we're <laughs> in the woo-woo area. So let's stay here. I want to go Love into it. uh microdosing because it's kind of like in the same mm-hmm. realm. And I know you've been yeah. taking part in some experiences <clears throat> with microdosing. So yeah. Curious if you're open to share what that experience has been like for you. Like what even drew you to microdosing? It's been something that I'm kind of intrigued by too. So tell me, yeah. tell me how you got there and how it's been for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because like like I'm so earthy if you guys can't tell I'm very like, <laughs> so earthy. earthy and watery mm-hmm. and like so I've I don't know I've gotten a little bit of a call to do different plant medicines at different points in time on my path I've never done like ayahuasca or any I've only taken mushrooms in a larger dose once and it was like recreationally but also like with a couple of friends in Sedona for like a spiritual experience as well yeah. and it honestly quite quite literally like very much overwhelmed me and I think I was not in the right space to receive what it was showing that's me. what I'm nervous and about so, like I feel like I would just be yeah. too paranoid too overwhelmed too overstimulated <laughs> well it'll always show you what it's meant to but but mm. what I have to say that was a very okay I want to call like a very large dose but for me and my little mm-hmm. body it was a large okay dose. fair <laughs> And microdosing is super minimal. It's okay. literally like a tenth of what would be a normal dose. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no hallucinogenic effect. Mm. It's just enough of the medicine for it to like integrate into your system and for you to like feel it a little bit. And so I think psilocybin mushrooms in nature can be a little overwhelming, especially if you're like a sensitive person. I know some people love them. It just depends on what your relationship with that is mm-hmm. like. But 
microdosing in particular. Okay. So I was, I was sharing that experience about me taking them in larger dose. Cause after that, I was like, I don't know, maybe that's not for me. And I think I just saw someone online sharing about their experience and like them taking mm-hmm. it from this company. And I was kind of like, huh, like I kind of want to try it because mm-hmm. this is a good way to like feel it in your system, but not have it be this like overwhelming experience because I knew that microdosing. So, so psilocybin mushrooms actually have the, and again, I don't know like everything about Mm -hmm. this plant and all the things, but I do know that it helps create new neural pathways in your Mm -hmm. brain. Like there's a lot of science behind it, which is why it's now being used in more therapeutic settings and along with other things that we don't need to talk about because that's not my area of expertise but (laughs) doesn't it help like kind of remove the ego in a way and like get into like that consciousness level totally removes the ego connects you to just like like nature and your soul and like what I don't know what like what really matters which is not everything that we make a big like thing about Mm -hmm. on our day-to-day basis so for me, I think I just felt this intuitive call to to try it and I followed it and I'll just go, I'll do it periodically. Like I don't do a big protocol like some people tell you to. And I think it's different every time because I feel like whatever energy you bring to it, whenever you do it, like makes the experience a little different each time. But for me, it's really helped connect me like literally to my soul more. It brings me a little more into my body. It opens my heart. I get like a lot of creativity and I do make a lot of connections in my mind about things Mm. so sometimes I'll feel like it gives me like kind of this bird's eye view on like what's going on in my life or my business or my relationships and I'm like oh like I'm doing this because of this and and like this needs to happen because of this or that happened because it was meant to because do you have an example of that like what was like the coolest experience you've had microdosing oh my gosh well let me see thinking I mean to be honest with you a lot of it is probably in relation to relationships Mm. and like with my ex-boyfriend so maybe I won't talk about it like super specifically (laughs) but just just like well because it's also things I'm still processing so I think whenever you're in a process you don't want to like go so deep into it but it just has helped me realize like why things are happening the way that they are Mm -hmm. And I think we can really, and this kind of goes into the ego thing too. Like we can get so judgmental on ourselves, or like, and I, oh my God, I work with clients so much who deal with this. And I think it's funny because this is something I've dealt with Mm -hmm. where a relationship just like seems to be in your life forever, even though you're like not with them. And it's always like this, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then you judge yourself. You're like, why are you still in this? Or why is this still happening? Or and I think microdosing has given me more insight as to we're again, like just here to learn and grow. And there's always more to learn if something's still in your life, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And each time something comes back around, and this can be with anything, this doesn't just have to be with relationships because we're always repeating patterns and cycles in our life. But anytime something comes back around, you're always integrating the lesson like a little bit more and yep. a little bit more and, a li- and then like eventually you build a big enough capacity to be like oh okay like I actually don't need this pattern anymore I don't mm. need this cycle anymore or oh my gosh I can relate to that so much with like codependency yeah. and boundaries and relationships that's been like I mean oh, that's yeah. why I'm a coach for what I do you know like I've dealt with it yeah. so many times I can speak to it mm-hmm. I've been in it 
And I think that's why you probably yeah. do the work that you do, which is usually the case for people. Um, but like the pattern, you always have to like, continue Oh, con- to embody still continuing, <laughs> still continuing. I'm always learning, especially yeah. like you can always do so much work alone, but when it comes to patterns and relationships, like you don't notice a lot of the things you need until you're in a relationship yeah. again. And then you have to work through it again. And boundaries have just been, oh, I've gotten so much better. Like last year was like the the year that I finally like got really committed to getting good with boundaries and it feels really good. I feel like really grounded in it, but I'm like, how's it going to be when I get into a relationship now? Like I just need to continue embodying Mm -hmm. it, but all the practice that I'm doing is preparing me for that point. I just have to have faith in that. But anyways, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, no, I'm curious. I'm curious about that. Like if you ask any one of my friends, they will tell you like my biggest lesson in this life is boundaries Mm. and my boundaries are always being tested. And I think that's like the shadow of the healer too. Right. Cause we want to like help everyone and be there for everyone, but then it's shadow of an empath and empaths tend to be healers and people who want to help people. Yeah. What a, I feel like this is a good conversation for people. I'm going to interview you. <laughs> Ask me questions. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> what is, um like, what has that been like for you with boundaries? Mm. Like in setting them and really getting like more clear on those this past year. I feel like we can go back and forth on this. Totally. Sure. Um, It's been very eye-opening. I yeah. will say having people in your corner that can call you out on your boundaries is really beneficial, especially if you struggle Mm -hmm. with them in the capacity that I have in the past. Uh, One of my best friends, like we just tell it like it is with each other. Like she's been my best friend since I was like five. We're like sisters basically. And um, she's seen me go through relationships, like even in like the last year where I was just completely disregarding any boundary. I was just falling back into the codependent tendencies and like losing myself in the relationship again, or like being too hopeful that they're going to change or be what I want them to be. And she had a really like tough heart to heart with me, but it was like something I totally needed in the past Mm -hmm. or in that moment. Um, and also in the past, I guess, (laughs) And she basically said, she was like, you are completely, you're disrespecting yourself. You're disrespecting Mm -hmm. yourself. You are, she's like, you would never basically do this to anyone else. Like the way that you're treating yourself is like a disservice to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you are treating yourself with harm, honestly, self-harm because you are not creating boundaries you are going through so much emotional turmoil because of it and like physical turmoil because my emotions are very connected. Everyone's emotions are very connected to the body. She's like, why are yeah. you doing this to yourself? You're lit- this is literally like self-harm basically is what mm. she said to me, which was extreme, Oof. but I almost like needed that. I needed yeah. that. I needed to hear it because I, I needed that, like that polarity of like that, like really intense, like self-harm to like click myself yeah. out of it. You know what I mean? When you're so lost in something, it's like, holy crap. Like you think I'm doing that? That's crazy. And so it really made me like take a moment to step back and observe from a bird's eye view, kind of like you were saying, like, okay, how am I doing this to myself and how can I get out of this and actually try to commit to creating boundaries? Because I never committed. I never committed to the boundary. Like 
I knew I needed boundaries, but I didn't really know how to set boundaries. And yeah, especially in intimate relationships, I struggle with that the most. So I don't know. That was a long-winded answer of boundaries, but that's kind of just oh, I think it's a very pivotal moment that I remember. I had a very similar experience to that when I was much younger, actually. This was like in a very past relationship mm-hmm. that was incredibly toxic. I don't need to talk about it, but I'm just relating. Yeah, it was absolutely. a very similar experience when I finally like got out of that relationship. But it's interesting that you said you didn't like know boundaries and you didn't set them. Or I don't remember. You said something that like sparked this Mm -hmm. where I think sometimes too, we can even say something and like try to verbally set a boundary. Mm -hmm. But if we don't actually believe it or feel it ourselves, it's not going to have any kind of weight or Or if you don't embody it. Like that was the thing. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to set a boundary. I'm going to ask for what I need. But then when that person didn't give me what I needed, I didn't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. I didn't like didn't like it's like giving them access this is like another thing that really helped me like figure out boundaries it's like when someone when you ask someone for something like an expectation in a relationship and they don't meet that need or that expectation that you set and you Mm -hmm. verbally directly communicated with them you can't give them the kind of access that you've given them in the past the access of your energy the access of your emotions just the access of who you are as a human because they yeah. didn't meet the needs that you needed them to meet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that was yeah. another thing that helped me a lot. It's like, oh, this person didn't do what I needed them to do when I expressed um, and communicated that with them. That's another really important key. So yeah. how can I limit my access with them? Because that's the only way they're going to learn. And that's the only way that you're going to stand true in your boundaries. You have to actually make a change you can't just let it keep happening over and over and over again because then they're just going to keep doing it no one learns in that way it really it really is the embodiment piece and what you said was it it brings it back to the nervous system conversation too because we will always and I this is one oh my gosh I still work through this one to this day but this is something I've worked a lot on especially this past year is the appease pattern which is basically Mm. people please yeah but it's it's just framing it in a little bit of a different light. Cause it's like, it wasn't safe to have needs growing up. Mm, and yeah. so you automatically learn to put everyone else before yourself. Mm-hmm. You weren't taught to put yourself first. And so then when you go out into the world, it's like, you're just doing everything for everyone else that we lose the sense of self. Absolutely. And yeah, it's interesting. Cause like, we're here to be in service, right? But you can't be in service if you don't serve self first, mm-hmm. serve self and like heal self be there for self, fill your cup up, whatever you want to call it. And then you have to like be there for others. But I think when you have this deeply rude, it's such an automatic response to like, and I feel like give like a really silly, like small example. I guess it's not really silly. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know why I just undermined what I was about to say. <laughs> don't but do that. It's like, <laughs> I know I do that. See? <laughs> so it's like when someone, when you have like, set plans with someone or set appointment with someone or something like that and then all of a sudden and this happens to me quite a bit people are like oh like can we do this instead or oh can we do that instead or trying to just like shift things and if it doesn't actually like work great for my schedule sometimes it's like an automatic yeah no problem like you just try to be easy and go Mm -hmm. with the flow as opposed to being like taking a moment pausing be like does this actually work for me 
And I think sometimes at the root of that, when we appease like that, it's because we're, we're fearing the loss of the connection, you know, yeah. on a very unconscious level. Absolutely. But then, oh my gosh, we could go down like a whole rabbit hole at this. But so, we told you guys tangents. So, so many tangents. If but if you're not, if you're just telling that person because you don't want to lose the connection, you're not actually building a very strong connection right. with that person because you're not being your authentic self. You're not being honest right. with them. Thanks. You're not being vulnerable with them. You're just telling them what you think they want to hear. And yeah. that stays very surface level then for you. You don't get a lot yeah, of fulfillment well, out of that. Totally. It's a connection based in fear, not in love. Yes, absolutely. That's it. That's exactly it. Whew, mic drop. Let's yes. take a deep breath. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> okay. Well, we have been chatting for a little bit now and I want to just sit here and talk to you for like, honestly, four hours. I know. But... It's the best. I want to give you a hug. I know. Hug through like, the really screen. <laughs> You can feel the energy for sure. Yeah, um, totally. Well, let's cap it off here and then maybe you'll just have to come back and we can talk more. I would love that. Um, and when I start my pod- podcast, you're going to be go. We'll have sure. more conversations in the future. I know it. So yeah, let's just cap it off. I want you to tap into your intuition for a moment and just give one last message to whoever mm-hmm. is listening right now. What do you think they need to hear from you? what's coming to me is wherever you're at in your life on your path on your journey like it's where you're meant to be and it's all okay whatever you're working through whatever you're dealing with whatever pattern you've been looping in for such a long time and you're just wondering why it's not going away like it's all okay and it's always happening as it's meant to and that is what is at the root of faith and trust and surrender because there's always a bigger plan for you even if you can't see it yet and so if you're having a hard time or judging yourself just remember that you're you're where you're meant to be and Mm. you can always lean back into that knowing and into that faith and allow yourself to surrender to that and just like put your hands over your heart, put one hand to heart, one hand to belly Mm -hmm. and just tell yourself it's okay. And you're where you're meant to be. I love that. It's so grounding. Mm -hmm. And like the heart, that one hand to the heart, one hand to the belly is like my favorite thing. I do it all of the time. I even tell like my people who take like these really like freaking hard fitness classes (laughs) that I coach, like at the end, we always do a little bit of a mindful practice though, of just taking a minute to be present and breathe. And I give people the option to put one hand on the heart, one hand in the belly, because it's so grounding and just feels like you're giving yourself a hug. And we need more of that. We need more of like connection with ourself and our body like that. So thank you for, I do that all the way by the time I like always give myself a big, all the time, all the time. (laughs) It feels so good. (laughs) That's self-love baby. Self, true self-love. You don't care what other people think you're giving yourself hugs. So Yes. I love it. Yes. Thank you so, so much for being here and sharing all of your beautiful Thank insight. You. Seriously, this has been such a, a powerful conversation and I've taken yeah. so much from it personally that I'm going to, I mean, the cacao, hello, I'm going to go order that right now. Oh, yeah. So excited for you. And we'll have to, we don't even have each other's numbers. We'll have to swap numbers so we can like text you. I'll send you some stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Before Yay! we head Thank out, you so much. please give um the the people, the people that are listening, your, your social media ways to connect with you. 
Yeah. Um, so I am he- at healing by Amy and that's a I M E E. That's where you can find me on the Instagram. I'm, I'm starting to be on TikTok. Mm. I actually don't remember if it's healing by Amy on TikTok. If it's not, I'll change it. It might be Amy Strauss, my first and last name. And that is S T R A U S S. You can find me there. Um, my website is healingbyamy.com, but that is under construction. We're still working on it with the Manny Jen. There's just too many so things many I things. got going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just send me a message on Instagram. That's usually where I like connect with people if this resonated or whatevs. And hopefully I will be having a podcast up in the next few months and then mm-hmm. Elena can come on mine yeah. and... Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been super, super fun. So much fun. Thank you again for being here. You're such a light and I hope you have a wonderful day. And just like that, you have finished another episode of Elevate with Elena. Thank you so, so much for being here and showing up for yourself today. How can you support this community? I'm so glad you asked. Please rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you're loving, what's not working so much, so that I can make this the best space for you to be able to show up, to learn, to grow, and continue on in your own self-love journey. This is what it's all about. And if you know someone else out there who could use this inspiration, these messages, please share it out to them. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon.